Nancy, this is my life. It always will be. There's nothing else. Just us. And the cameras. And those wonderful people out there in the dark. All right, Mr. DeMille, I'm ready for my close-up. Welcome, listeners. Andy and Sam are ready for close-up again. Hi, Andy. How are you? Hi, I'm quite well. How are you? I'm quite well as well. Nice to see and hear you. And this time, Andy has brought up a fabulous new idea for a very special new episode. A mutual movie blind date. We have each chosen and watched a film that we felt the other one would like. Neither knowing what the film is that the other has chosen, nor if the other has actually seen it. Andy will go first, slowly reveal his movie based on a certain bit of information we have agreed on. And at whichever point we think we know what the movie might be, we have to say so. And then, of course, I will do the same with the movie for you, Andy, and you will try to find out what it is. And of course, we will then also discuss our choices and warmly recommend them to our listeners. So, will we find out in time? And will we each like each other's choice? So we might go on a movie blind date again? Let's see. So, Andy, I'm curious to see what the movie is <laughs> that you have chosen and if I will find out. So, the first thing would be to tell what the opening scene of your movie shows. Actually, it opens with a view on a big city, with skylines, with uh, skyscrapers. It becomes, after a few images, evident that it's New York. We see a woman running through the street. The streets are quite empty, actually. It's really this... It feels a little bit disorienting. The woman is running away, and it becomes quite clear after a while that she's running away from a man who is shooting after her. So it's a chase. She, he has a gun pointed at her and she is taking corners. She's running through the valleys of these skyscrapers, trying to hide. She runs over trash bins, over fences, and the man with the gun is always behind her, almost catching up on her, shooting in between, but he's never really hitting her until the woman escapes into a, a side street and she goes into a club door, which is just a blank door. And she goes in there, and then the man follows her as well. Hmm. Shall, do you have any clue what this could be? Shall I go on a bit? <laughs> no, so far I have no idea. But if you had to describe filmic means that are used. So what's camera used like? Anything specific about the editing, special effects, music and sound you can already say about? The images are quite bleak, quite naturalistic in a way. They're quite hard cuts. I think the, the city feels very gray, very dark. However, I think the music has a very distinct style. It's very groovy in a way. It has mid-century elements in it. Uh, it in the, I think the music is also what keeps the scene active and engaging. So it has a really good pulse. So the music really supports this initial chase of, the, of this woman. Hmm. Still no clue, but um, judging from the description you gave, I'm guessing it's kind of a thriller. If you had to describe the genre and, and the atmosphere of the film. It starts out as a thriller, but I think it actually, as the, as the movie evolves, it turns more into science fiction, hmm. 
thriller, dystopia, satire. So it's it's quite a lot, actually. Yeah, maybe maybe I go on a little bit with what happens next. So maybe you get a clue by then. Yeah, exactly. So what's the film's plot, at least in the first few scenes? So what are the main plot points after she enters the club and the man follows her? So the man follows her into the club. He goes in there and it's seems to be like this very lush private club a lot of people sitting there and an announcer is just announcing a performance from a dancer then the man mingles in the audience he sits down he tries to find the woman he's been chasing and in the meantime this striptease dancer starts to dance and she has a very seductive dance she does a striptease she goes to the man with the gun and he, he takes off a piece of clothing for her. Then she turns around and shoots him. And it's <laughs> then revealed that the woman he has been chasing in the first scene isn't actually the striptease dancer. Somehow it sounds like something I feel I've seen, but I'm, 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 I'm confused <laughs> now because it sounds like... Uh, Brian De Palma to me in a way it sounded to me a little bit like a thriller like a murder thriller but then you say science fiction so can you define maybe the era from which it is like when when about was the film produced well the film was produced in the 1960s hmm. if this is giving you any indication well it gives me more confusion but uh can you tell me, if we think of locations, you said New York, is that also where it's mainly filmed? Or does it then leave New York afterwards? It leaves New York and actually goes back to Europe and to Italy, actually. And Rome is the main location for the rest of the movie. Wow! <laughs> this is getting even more confusing. Movie from the 1960s that starts in New York, then goes to Rome, goes into science fiction. And which was the producing country then of the film? Was it produced by an American or by an Italian or by someone else? Production country is actually Italy. But maybe, maybe I continue a little bit with the story. So maybe, maybe... Sure, yeah, yeah, maybe that gives me some clue. Because I think after this initial murder scene, which just happened, where the dancer kills the man, it then is a little bit, in a lengthy way, explained that there is a system, there is a, a government that organizes murderous games, where there's always a chaser and a hunter. And people who participate in these games are five times the hunter and five times the chaser. And when they've been five times the hunter, they turn into the chaser. And they always get all the information on their victim. And then they have to hunt it down and kill it. And this is basically the way of the government to avoid any violence and killing. And these hunger games, for lack of better words, are then also televised. And the chasers, they are then also sponsored by companies. And mm -hmm. the plot is then actually that the lady who killed in these first two scenes, she's then assigned a new victim. And she then travels to Italy to find her victim and get him shot in a very elaborate way of, of chasing him down. Fascinating. I can definitely now say that I have not seen that film. Right. And when you mentioned the kind of the Hunger Games element, I do feel that maybe you told me about this before or I heard about it before. Definitely still have no clue what it's called or who would be in it so can you give me one name of 
one, let's say, actress, main actor who's in the film? <laughs> I can, yeah. This is, this is, this is nerve-wracking for me. This is um, super suspenseful. So I, I think if I tell you the names of the two lead actors, you might know it, I guess. I don't know. Let's mm -hmm. see. Do you want to know, do you want to know the man or the woman? The woman. So the lead actress is Ursula Andres. <gasps> oh dear, and I have not <laughs> seen that film. But let me see, what Italian movie was she in that's... Oof. I mean, I know, you know, some of her 1960s movies, but I definitely haven't seen very many apart from The Bonds and She. I, I know which film it is, but I cannot give like a title. It's an Italian director, I think. Yes. And... Oof, what could be her partner? Is her partner an Italian actor? Yes. But it's not Marcello Mastroianni, is it? It is. It is. Mm, yes, yes, yes. Okay. Now, <laughs> the only problem that I have is that I know which film it is. I haven't seen it, but I don't know what it's called. Okay, then maybe let's just reveal the title. You'll have to say. You'll have I'll to say. I'll have to say. The movie title is The Tenth Victim, or in Italian, La Decima Vittima. Yes. Thank you. Now I know it. I haven't seen it, but, but I'm, I'm super curious to, to find out what, what, what did you think of it that you watch it and why did you choose it? It's a good question. I think I choose it because I wanted to do something from the 60s. I wanted to do something with a European actress. I know we've also talked about a possible podcast episode on European actresses during the 60s and 70s who made it big in, in the US and Hollywood and so forth, but also in European cinema. So I think Ursula Andres came to mind and I, I wanted to see this movie for quite some time, actually. <laughs> of course. Of course, and I think it's really an interesting thing because it's so such a child of its time. It's very 60s, it's very pop art. The soundtrack is amazing. I think also that's why I chose it because I think you as a soundtrack lover would really appreciate this very groovy soundtrack. The title song is sung by Mina, which I think oh, is also an interesting great. detail. Yeah, and Marcello Mastroianni is in it, which always somehow... Here in this movie has this Steve McQueen-esque blonde hair and super cool glasses, super cool cars. And it's a little bit... It, I, while watching it, I felt it was a little bit like a European pulpy answer to the Thomas Crown affair in a very, very broad sense, very, very far away. But I think somehow the constellation of this cat and mouse game, of course, it's never on the level of sophistication and elegance like the Steve McQueen and Faye Dunaway movie, but it somehow made these links. And it's funny, but it's also absurd. All in all, the movie has more potential than it actually churns out in the end. But it's nonetheless, I think, very entertaining, especially if you, if you like Italian cinema of the time. And I think it's, it's a little bit an underrated cult classic, I would say, The 10th Victim. And I think the topic, really this satire on media, on glorification of violence, of, yeah, all this televised violence for entertainment, I think this all then comes up again in, in The Hunger Games, mm. for example, or most recently in Squid Game. Or all, I think there's, all these things are in this groovy 60s 
gem of a movie. It sounds very much like a movie that was also in a way influential for because when you were describing it I thought more of a 1970s 1980s aesthetic let's say you know John Carpenter or Brian De Palma it sounded a little bit like that but of course the grooviness pointed a little bit towards the, the 60s and this Hunger Games scenario of course we've seen since quite a few times so I'm not sure if that film itself was influential but it seems to have picked up on things quite early that we have seen since. Yes, and I think it's it's also very stylized as a film. You never have the impression that it's a real world they live in. Everything is very stylized. It's also always sometimes a bit bordering the absurd. There are very funny scenes in it, which are really... It has this 60s future dystopia, also the clothes, the, the phones, uh, the cars. It's everything very 60s, but still futuristic. So I think this... If you watch it now, you have this retro future nostalgia in a sense, <laughs> um, which is quite nice. And of course, I know and at Ursula Andres movie, and I'm always fascinated by her filmography. That despite the fact that she didn't play in many A-list films, I would say she has quite a, f- a number of interesting films in her filmography. So that be definitely one I'd I'd want to watch. I would say so. I mean, I also this one is not an A-list film. I think it has it's a very good B movie with two very amazing stars, I would say. I think Marcello Mastroianni was in the mid-60s, really at the height of his career, popularity, and... And so was she. And so was she. mid-60s was probably the high point of her popularity with Casino Royale, the Hammer film, and then this one playing alongside big stars, big star names. Absolutely. So I, I think it's it's definitely worth a watch. That's why I watched it. That's why I picked it. Also to share it with you. Great choice. Yeah. I'm, I'm excited because <laughs> I, halfway through your description, I thought, damn, I haven't seen that film, but I'd really want to watch it because the way you were describing it, it sounded like exactly my shtick, my type of film that I would, I would love to see. So let's go. This is your time to find out. I took an awful long time to find out up until, you know, the the very end. So let's see how you do. Exciting. Excellent. So then, Sam, please retell the opening scene of your movie. Well, I was a little bit shocked at first when you started with your sentence. There is a, a view of a city because that's exactly how my movie starts. And I think just before we started recording, we said, what if we chose the same movie? And we didn't. So there is also a view of a city, a pan across a well-known European city, but it looks a little bit different. It's not the way we know it. And uh, we get a little bit closer and we end up in a type of a park. 
um, there is a janitor who cleans away leaves and so on with a cart um, there is a raven that somehow s slowly reveals the view of a dead body in the bushes and the janitor goes up close and he listens to you know the heartbeat and the, 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 the guy the dead body on the ground is is obviously dead and then the ambulance arrives and we are inside the ambulance and we are now taken into this city and we see more of the streets and the medieval looking bridges and uh, corners and, and squares and this is how the movie opens and it ends up then in the credit scene and we end up in the hospital at the end. Okay, can I ask a couple of questions or how? Sure, it? sure. So it's a European city with medieval touches, I imagine. Yeah. Somehow this sounds familiar, but I'm I'm not sure if I'm on the right track here. Well, keep on guessing. Yeah, is the is the city is it an Eastern European city? Is it Prague? It is. I think I know that I've seen the movie. I think I've seen the movie. Well, keep on asking, maybe you'll find out. Is it and so this guy is then rushed to the hospital, but it turns out he isn't dead. Yes. Should I go on telling you a little bit more about the, the plot or do you want to have more about the, the way things look like, sound like? Yeah, no, exactly. Let's, let's maybe wrap back a few steps and go on the... How is this scene done? What are the filmic elements? Well, it's very quiet. There's no music at the beginning. There's just the sounds of the city and of the, the leaves and the wind. And then once we're in the ambulance, obviously it's the sound of the, the driving, but then there's kind of dramatic um, um, violin music coming in, very heavy violins playing along. And there's also a, a, a voice somehow mixed in the soundtrack that seems to be kind of like moaning. Um, it's a very eerie, very atmospheric. Mm -hmm. And the, otherwise the, 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 the cinematography is very cinemascope of that time when the film was made beautiful views of the of the city very well put together and, and chosen like you said it's prague we have um, all kinds of, of prague that i don't think i know it doesn't look like prague at first and we get a little bit of of a, of a tour of the city that looks no, not flashy and, and touristy but it looks rather somber and in and, and gray brown colors it's kind of i don't know if it's folly but it feels like autumn somehow and otherwise that that's pretty much it and then we get to this hospital and then things are for a while much more kind of factual the way he's rushed in and the way they um, check out whether he's really dead and they pronounce him dead after a short while mm -hmm. And then, please tell us, what what kind of genre is this film? Well, What's it's hard this? to describe. I would, <clears throat> without giving too much away, I would call it a, a mysterious film. Maybe mystery thriller. Because there's elements that are obviously not quite clear yet. It opens a little bit like it's a murder story. And that's what we believe it is. But then also there seem to be touches of the supernatural because the guy it turns out then as you said is actually not dead he's we we get a voiceover and he's speaking um, from inside of his body he, he looks dead more or less he's like pale and it's like 
you know, his eyes are kind of just staring. And then we, we hear him talk in a way kind of like, you know, let, let me out of here. Um, I'm not dead. And, and they look at his body and they make tests and they pronounce him dead. And he kind of begs them not to, you know, put him away. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's kind of the... Yeah. The, I, the genre. I, I have seen this movie. I'm, I think I, I, think <laughs> I have. Because this, this guy who's pronounced dead and in this hospital and then in his mind he keeps on talking and saying, no, do this, do that, I'm not dead, why is no one mm-hmm. reacting? This sounds so familiar. I guess you'll need some more information. I need some more. I, 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 I have it on the tip of my tongue, but please go on. Please tell us maybe the... The period this movie was made well the film was made in the early 1970s and you can tell by the look of it by the people who are in it by the style what's unusual of course is that it's 1970s Prague you know this is shortly after Prague Spring shocked the world and I found it quite unusual that this film is set there it's not necessarily usual for it to be set in an Eastern European city, um, considering what it is. And it uses the, the location and uh, the, this moment in time really, really well, because it's also about this, this country and this moment in time when it was made. Mm-hmm. And maybe give us a little bit more on the plot than continuing on what happens then to the guy in the hospital. Sure, sure, because that, of course, is part of the mystery. We then have flashbacks uh, in mixed in between him being at the hospital and then also him being at the morgue and we get to know more people that he met and what happened before he was found supposedly dead and we find out that he was working as a journalist he's an american and he was working with other people in prague on the situation in uh, czechoslovakia at the time and he also had a czech lover a young woman that he picks up from the station and they spend a weekend together she doesn't move in with him but they make plans for them to go away so he wants to take her out of the country at the same time he gets to know more people of this prague society and they go to an invitation kind of a, a social event, a very formal event where they talk to lots of people. She looks stunning. She's beautiful. And there's also kind of the jealousy of one of his colleagues who he supposedly had a relationship with, but they ended it. And so she is also kind of making a scene with this young woman being present and with these all these people who want to talk to her and to him. But then we flash back again and again to him in the morgue and one of his friends and some of the doctors slowly figuring out that he possibly isn't dead because there's still no rigor mortis for instance there's still signs of him not being really dead so they start to pick up on that as well in the film in addition to that there are always like flashes of his memories of moments that we are confused by that we don't know what they are and it's kind of like a kaleidoscope of different levels of the film that really remain mysterious up until the very end and is one of the supporting because i think i'm getting there (laughs) (laughs) apparently (laughs) is there's also ingrid tulin in this movie right she is she She is is. what is this movie called i know it i know it wait (laughs) Um, i kind of felt you could know it um i kind of felt we might have even talked about it before 
it, it, it subconsciously came to my mind when I was choosing a film for this podcast, but I have no idea whether you saw it or not. I think I've seen it, but I can't remember. But I, there are certain scenes that I really remember vividly, and I, but I couldn't tell you how the movie ended. But then maybe please let us know the title. <laughs> <laughs> well, before I give away the title, maybe just a couple of more names that are in the film. Ingrid Tulin, she's one of the probably most well-known names, having been in some other European productions and of course in Bergman and recently in Visconti's uh, The Damned so and then getting into Italian cinema. Interestingly enough this is an Italian film by an Italian director called Aldo Lado starring as usual in those early 70s films also, also international stars alongside the Italian ones so there's also a former Bond girl Barbara Bach Yes. She is the young love interest of our main character, who is played by Jean Zorel. And the film, as, as we said before, is shot in Czechoslovakia. And so I thought that was really unusual that they were making a film, an Italian film, in Czechoslovakia, in Prague, filming it with also crew members and cast members that were partly uh, Czechoslovakian. So that I can say, still no idea of the title. It's something with... Wait, uh, it comes to me. It's... <laughs> it's the night of the living dolls no something with dolls oh. no something with dolls yeah yeah that's i mean it's it's the, you're almost there you're i'm almost, almost there the, the glass dolls something no mm -hmm. yes we're almost there uh. this is called in italian la corta notte delle bambole in vetro so the short night of glass dolls 1971 there we and go. it's one of the most infamous giallo films uh -huh. which is not necessarily 100% true for that film, but it is a mix of giallo elements, mystery, almost supernatural elements, but it's its own thing. It's like 100% original. It's hard to d define what it is, but I think most likely you'd say it's a, it's a giallo. And what exactly is a giallo for those of us who, who don't know this genre of film? Mm -hmm. Well, giallo is from the Italian word for yellow, and it refers to those little booklets that were put out at uh, kiosks in the, I don't know, starting in the 30s maybe, and especially up until the 60s, 70s and 80s, they always had like crime stories, murder stories. They were cheap and they were meant to be read on, you know, trains and planes, and they were supposedly light literature, not very demanding, but they had, of course, gruesome murders and often also violence and sexuality and so on in them. So the Italians started to make films, I guess starting in the 1960s, and then especially in the 70s, some Italian directors were really making super creative giallo films. And they were always very striking because of their use of, of camera, of special effects, especially for the murder scenes, the music, was extremely important for them and they also always would use international stars to helmet they would be very successful also abroad it was one of those export products of italian cinema post the spaghetti western period mm -hmm. and there's a number of names that of course came directly from the spaghetti westerns into the giallo most notably uh, Dario Argento, who wrote Gerona Volte the West, so Once Upon a Time in the West, and then started to direct jolly films that made him really successful. And Aldo Lado is also 
one of these Jalo directors. And now the movie, The Short Night of the Glass Dolls, is where would you place this in the movement of Jalli then? You said it's not, it is considered a Jalo movie, but not only or not entirely. What makes it then different? Well, I think Jalo is a very broad term, and I think most likely it involves some kind of murder, it includes some mystery, and it includes some police investigation. So those three elements are all there. But I think the liberty that this film takes, because it came out at the height of those Jalo productions with Argento, who had just made his uh, animal trilogy, so three Jalo in a row, is that this film is really also going deeper in a way. It feels like this story of this guy who's supposedly dead, but then can still speak and communicate with us, at least as an audience, also goes into the nature of memories and the way we remember things and we piece things together. So in a way, he's doing his own investigation throughout the the film. We are part of this as well because we are slowly revealed all these different puzzle pieces. And what's striking is that because I, I watched it again last night, because I had somehow missed out on a few things, is that really until the very end you have all the clues, but you still have no clue. Mm. So it's extremely cleverly made. And it's less cheap than some of the Jalla films that just keep on showing you know, leather gloves or leather gloved killers. And then it could be any of the people in the film. And at the end, it's the most unlikely or right. maybe the most obvious one. And then that's pretty much it. And this one is much more intricate. This is really about giving you bits and pieces of this kaleidoscope. And at the end, and especially if you watch the film again, they make total sense. You saw things coming from very, very early on and the, this final shocking ending that I'm of course not going to reveal makes complete sense. And still at the same time, there is a bit left at the end where you don't quite know if you understood the film correctly. There, there is even more to it. So it's super multi-layered, really, really well built up and written. I watched it first in Italian and I had the same impression like you did. I, of course, I, I missed out on a number of things. And then I watched it again in a quite bad English dubbing uh, yesterday, but of course it helped me piece together a few things more. But I want to watch it again because there's still stuff that I, I feel like I've, I've missed. Yes, I mean, I, I remember having seen this movie, but I think I have to rewatch it again because I can't remember. Totally recommend it. Yes. Oh, it's, 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 it's so good. It's so good. It's, it's, I mean, especially since seeing it again yesterday, I'm a total fan of this film. I, I, I don't think I've recently seen a film that, that was as giving as, as this one here on so many levels. We haven't even talked about the Morricone soundtrack that's in it. That's mm. fantastic because there's a type of a waltz, a creepy romantic waltz that's at the center of it. But then there's all of these weird, as I said, voices and heavy orchestras. It's, it's quite nostalgic, sentimental, and at the same time, super creepy and, and has elements of, of horror, of course, as well which Jalo films always, always do. So I'm, I'm completely blown away by this film and I watched in a couple of reviews about it as well. This is, this is really one to discover. So definitely go for it. Very good, excellent. So yeah, I think then this somehow concludes our movie blind date for today. What a good idea. Uh, I think that what was a good super idea. exciting. Yes, and very interesting that we both choose Italian movies in the mm -hmm. end. From a similar what? era, I would think, you know, from, yeah. from a... 60s 70s and well i felt exactly. you know you would like you would like it but i must say i also really liked it so i was happy with my choice as well 
so it's very good, curious. yeah good give and take good give and take so yeah let's see um i think we can definitely redo that some other time sure that would be a good concept to to use in the future but i think next time we will probably speak again of something more recent coming out i think december january february will have a few interesting movie releases in stores i'll also be curious to see what we think of some fresh releases coming out but yeah Definitely, otherwise we'll go on a movie blind date again. Exactly. I hope you enjoyed it as well. Thank you very much for listening and hear us next time again when we are ready for close-up. Mm-hmm.